Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name's Luke. I'm one of the coaches with PH Nutrition. And today I am joined by the founder and owner of PH Nutrition, Liam, the man himself. Liam, how are we doing? Liam, the man himself. It's a bit too much pressure on my intro, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, thank you, man. I'm good. No pressure whatsoever. We're just two guys we're chatting just about, just here chatting about hard gainers. So that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. We're going to chat about hard gainers, about whether or not it's an actual thing, um, what it means to be a hard gainer, and then we're going to dive into maybe some things that you've been doing wrong, which is what makes you think you're a hard gainer. I'm not going to call anyone out, of course, um, and just talk about how to basically build muscle mass when you want to. So sound good, Liam? Hey, let's get let's cool. get into it. Let's do it. So first point of order is what do we mean when we talk about hard gainers and do they actually exist? Give us your- so yeah, hard gainer is just basically anyone that struggles to gain weight and that can be muscle and fat, I think. But obviously we're looking at more performance-based and looking at more lean muscle today. And they do exist. You know, people will have kind of physiological setup to maybe predispose them to make it a little bit more challenging to gain the right type of weight. You know, you may have heard that the term ectomorph where people are slightly skinnier, slightly smaller bone structure, slightly kind of taller, slimmer. Maybe people have slightly higher metabolisms, you know, smaller stomachs. These types of things can actually, you know, they all exist, which then makes it more challenging to gain weight. Like I think hard gainer, what I often see, the issue is that people label themselves with it and then that's it. Yeah. I've signed off. I can't gain muscle. I can't gain weight. I'm just, I'm a hard gainer. Whereas Hopefully this podcast is going to dive into that isn't the case. So that's my thoughts on it. Like, so yeah, hopefully we can point people in the right direction. Definitely. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think in terms of people calling themselves hard gainers, people love labels. They love to label themselves Mm. and feel like part of something. Um, When in reality, it is possible for everybody to gain muscle mass. We know that's possible because we've seen it happen in millions in history, right? So it's possible everyone can gain muscle mass. It's just a case of how hard you find it. And like Liam said, there's going to be people that are maybe genetically predisposed to be able to pack on muscle a little bit more easily. And we obviously know there's going to be a huge variation in metabolic rates within populations as well. Um, But if you think you're a hard gainer, then you probably are. You probably do find it a little bit harder, but that doesn't mean that you can't. So obviously we want to talk about how to actually pack on. Yeah. And I think for this, what would be good for us to run through, Liam, is kind of common mistakes of people that 
like you've said, have labeled themselves as hard gainers and then have basically just thought, ah, well, there's no point even. What are they doing wrong that they could do better? I think a good place to start is one of the most common things that we see that prevents people from gaining weight is the fear of gaining fat. And look, I'm in that camp. <laughs> I'll put myself in that. It's I'm not a hard gainer. I just don't commit to the process long enough. And, you know, mentally or whatever it is, I, I, you know, say I prefer being a slightly bit leaner. So going through the process of gaining muscle, I kind of hit a roadblock when I start to kind of put on a little bit. Of, so that's just me being open and honest. And I, I commonly see that with people. So you can gain muscle leanly, if that's a word, you know, but it's a longer process. And you have to commit to it for an extended period of time. Whereas, you know, the typical bulking and cutting thing, we don't necessarily want to maybe go down. But again, the more kind of aggressive you are with your diet, the more kind of body fat that you put on or the more calories that you give it. And, and if you're not worried too much, then you are going to put on muscle if some of the things that we talk about are in line as well. So, yeah, the fear of gaining fat is definitely something that prevents people. But for me, one of the biggest common faults is not training in the correct way. I think... You know, definitely you've written a lot of, on hypertrophy, which we'll come on to in a minute, but I see people doing way too much cardio, doing way too many Metcons and doing way too much training to allow their body to get the correct stimulus yeah. to grow muscle. Make, expand on that a little bit. Like yeah. What I mean yeah. That. And I think the, the key thing there is the doing too much because we kind of know that muscle building is an energetic process, right? We need spare energy essentially to build the muscle that we want to build it's not going to come from nowhere and um, and there's in in the research there's around three drivers for muscle growth you've got mechanical tension which is the tension that the muscle is under whenever you're doing a movement so for example in a bicep curl the tension that you're applying there curling your bicep that's mechanical tension you've got metabolic stress there as well uh, and then the third one which is kind of less it's more up for debate as to whether this is actually needed or not and it's kind of one where you think ah maybe it's not needed is uh, muscle damage. So those kind of three things. Yeah. So the mechanical tension, the muscle, the metabolic stress, um, and then the, the muscle damage, they're the three that are widely believed to, to be drivers for muscle growth, for hypertrophy. And obviously when we're training, um, when we're carrying out resistance training, then if you're training in the right manner, you're always going to have mechanical tension. If you, your muscles mm -hmm. are going to be under that tension, it's going to be there. It's just kind of a case of the right amount are needed. There's a lot, been a lot of research out there in terms of load as well on how much load do you need to create that stress, to create that tension as well. Um, and the good news is that a lot of the research basically said you can get a similar amount of hypertrophy of just muscle growth working at 35% of your one rep max all the way up to 80% of your one rep max. And it's one of those yeah. where there's maybe even a little kind of crossover point at the higher end of percentages where strength starts to be impacted as well. And that's why yeah. a lot of people will train at those higher ranges to elicit both hypertrophy and strength adaptations as well, which is always yeah. useful for performance, but not necessarily needed. You can still get the response at those lower ranges provided that the right amount of volume is there as well, right? Because we're thinking about these three yeah. things. Um, and yes, we need these three things. We Well, two of the three things, definitely. Muscle damage, let's forget about it for a bit. Um, but we need the tension, we need the stress. But there's always a question of how much of this do we need as well? Um, yeah, go on, Liam. No, that's it. Like I think so you're saying that you can gain muscle with high reps and low reps. Yeah. But the key driver is volume. mechanical tension and volume. Yeah, yeah. The volume yeah. of it, the amount. 
it's always yeah. a dose thing, right? It's the same yeah. with, like, let's use caffeine as an example, just because it's the first one that popped into my head. We know that caffeine is a central nervous system stimulant. You can feel the benefits um, with the right amount of dosage. If you take in two milligrams of caffeine, you're going to get absolutely no benefit of that. So if you apply mm. some mechanical tension and some stress, some metabolic stress, then unless you apply enough, you're not going to get the stimulus, the response yeah. from that. Um, and it's still kind of a, up for debate as to how much is enough, how much is too much in there. Um, and it's one of those where there there are some numbers out there. We're nutritionists, so you're better off going to the trainers to find out the right amount of volume. We'll get someone do. on to deep dive Definitely, into that. Definitely, that sounds Definitely. good. But it's one of those where you need the right amount as well. And if you're just going to the yeah. gym and doing a couple of resistance training sessions and a load of cardio, then you're probably not necessarily getting enough of that tension, enough of that stress to elicit that response. Um, and then on the flip side, what happens with a load of cardio as well is you end up obviously using a lot more energy there and that leads to less energy to actually build the muscle. Yeah, it's that balance, isn't it? And I think commonly in a practical setting, people would be like, oh, I'm training quite a lot, but they might be doing two or three sessions a week and then a run. Yeah. And you're like, well, okay. You know, in those two or three sessions, you can build muscle, definitely. And it comes down to what, what that session consists of. And if a lot of people here are doing CrossFit or doing some form of, you know, high intensity or functional fitness, then the mechanical tension, the yes, it's concentric when we close the muscle or close the joint, but then the eccentric load in CrossFit is, can sometimes be missed. So therefore, the mechanical tension isn't high if you're doing, you know, you, if you're being efficient with your movement and you're using, you know, if you're using technique and you're using, uh, you know, kind of body weight and, and stuff to move through the movement. If you're using like a dumbbell snatch, you're not strict curling it and pressing it, you're using momentum. So again, that's where we lack mechanical tension in that. And yes, we get metabolic stress, but so we're getting one thing, but we're not getting all of them, are we, mate? So that's where, again, think I think, common fault is that then you said there that energy balance equation yeah definitely occurs whether that's too much output from too much cardio again maybe maybe because there's a fear of getting fat so you want to do a little bit to stay lean it's a lack of consistent intake and i think that's definitely a big common fault yeah. so people might go oh i'm, I'm going to try and get a little bit stronger they might do it for eight days nine days and then they go oh i'm feeling a bit full here probably you know you know eat too much on my rest day because i'm you know feeling a bit full and i'm maybe getting a little bit soft so therefore you just get caught in this gray zone where you don't really do anything you kind of then just drift between so you don't actually move the needle and that's definitely something that you know, we need to be in muscle building, like you said, is an energetic process, but it's also a long term. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't happen. Fat loss can happen relatively quickly. And, uh, you know, probably there's a lot of nuance around this. If you're starting out trying to gain muscle, you're probably going to gain muscle much quicker than someone that has a as larger training age. But even then, gaining muscle is a long term process. We're talking months, years, as opposed to weeks and months. And I think the mindset behind that is quite challenging for a lot of people to do, to be like, oh my God, I want to gain three, four, five kilos. But actually to do that, man, you're looking at years yeah. of the right type of weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't it? And like you said, though, it is hard to physically eat enough food as well sometimes. And I know that's something that, that in the past, I'd probably, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a hard gainer because anyone can gain weight. Um, but I know from kind of obviously the metabolic testing that, that I've done before that my metabolism from my size, 
is pretty damn fast. Um, and so yeah. I know that I need to, if let's say, so I've done like resting metabolic rate at about kind of 1800, 1900 calories per day, which is quite large for a small man. Mm. Um, and I know that I can maintain my weight comfortably on about 3000 calories a day with the amount of training that I do, which is, I mean, mad, in yeah. all honesty, it's only three resistance training sessions and two ones. So maybe I'm doing too much cardio, but I'm not looking to gain any mass. So it doesn't matter. I know that say, you know, that's, I mean, obviously with nutrition, you can always use numbers to display a point. And obviously the numbers are fluid and we eat food and that kind of thing. But just to display that point, let's say that I wanted to pack on mass and, and ate, you know, 10% more and ate about kind of 3,300 calories a day. That is a lot of food. And that is a lot of food to yeah. get in consistently, especially kind of day to day when life gets in the way. And I know that there's been times in the past where if I've ever wanted to pack on mass, I might do it for about a week and then think, oh, this is so much food. Those thoughts may start to creep in of, is it really too much food perhaps? And mm. you do kind of almost stop committing to it because it's hard, because it's hard to be consistent. It it's hard. hard to kind of trust that process for sure. It definitely is. And it's about kind of, yeah, believing in it and trusting it. And that's why it can help to obviously have someone by your side guiding you through it definitely, which is always useful because yeah. when left to our I own think... devices, fail, <laughs> we'll <laughs> fail. Yeah, we will. It's also, we, you know, I'm working with a couple of clients in the moment who are trying to, to get a little bit stronger, maybe move up weight classes in weightlifting. And what we find useful is putting in markers, putting lines in the sand to be like, look, this is going to be eight weeks. We're going to follow this. This is going to be six weeks. And at those points, six and eight weeks and 12 weeks or whatever it is, you then reassess. It might be that you've actually gained too much body fat in that time. Or it might be that you get halfway through and you're like, oh my God, I'm still hungry. Like, you know, your metabolism is a transient thing. It will adapt. And I think sometimes when we're higher gainers, like, you know, their metabolism can adapt quicker mm. than other people's. So then you know, you're following something for two, three weeks, but then it, your metabolism adapts. So then you need to adapt to your nutrition, your training, because you just adapt faster, just like yours is a little bit higher than a lot of other people's, you know, so you need to be a bit more aware, you know, aware. So it's definitely something that for me, it's, uh, you know, a, a longer term process and you need to commit to that. And then when we say not eating enough, I also feel another one is not eating enough carbohydrates. And I know like probably people in the CrossFit world of, you know, getting a bit bored of people talking about carbs now. Smash your carbs. Everyone needs to be carbs. You know, it's glycolytic and all of this. But when we're talking about muscle gain, obviously the first kind of thing people focus on is training and protein. And protein is essential, but I don't think that people that are looking to gain muscle have an issue hitting enough protein. I feel that especially when you start to get up around that 3000 plus you know, protein intake can be quite high and it's actually not beneficial to keep eating more. What you probably need to be doing is eating more carbohydrates and that's going to help drive muscle growth through insulin related pathways, through having enough energy to bloody train. You know, I think Dave Lipson, freaking Lipson was like, don't go to the gym hungry. <laughs> if you're trying to get, if you're trying to gain weight, don't go to the gym hungry. And like, again, a common fault for us not eating enough carbs and, uh, you know, not eating enough overall, but potentially even another one there on, on a bit of a, a, a tripod of this is not eating enough pre-work, yeah. you know, going into the gym when you're trying to gain muscle. Yeah, definitely. What do you think definitely. That? And that's yeah. one of those things where like, realistically, if you're not training, you're not going to get the stimulus. And if the training is not good quality, it's going to be a lot harder to gain that mass. Like we've said before about the tension, about the stress. Um, and if you go into the gym hungry, even if 
you don't necessarily notice a huge difference that day, um, there's probably going to be a slightly lower CNS drive that can I, you're going to perform a little bit less, even if it doesn't feel like you are every day. I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll also have days where you feel like you've performed a lot worse and you're not going to get as much out of those sessions because you're not going to be as switched on. You're not going to be able to create as much tension and create those drivers that really force muscle protein synthesis as well and force that gaining of mass, which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. What would you be in pre pre like a hypertrophy strength depends on the timing definitely if it's cool. relatively close to a, a meal then i would have more carbs during that meal kind of thing if there's kind of a big gap between if they say more than three hours between my last meal and that session that's when i'd be chucking in some carbs and i'd have them probably about 60 to 90 minutes before that session maybe even a little bit before and you'd you you want to have more carbs than you think i think some people before that kind of a session would maybe you know grab like a banana or something which is 20 grams of carbs or so which is fine it's great um but if you're looking to gain mass as well take advantage of the opportunity Mm. to have more food and have you know like maybe 50 grams of carbs 60 grams of carbs or so before that session something that is just more substantial than the normal kind of pre-workout snack you'd go for. And then especially if you're doing hypertrophy, it's not going to be a huge amount of jostling. There's not going to be a huge amount of issues with that sitting heavy on your gut. Um, If you're training hypertrophy in the right way, you don't need to worry as much about going into it with it sitting on your stomach, with it sitting heavy, because that jostling is not going to be there. You're not going to need to worry about it. So having more than you think... What about protein, fats? So that, again, dependent on the time of day as well. Obviously, with protein, we, we kind of know that if you're not necessarily having a protein feed before, so if you're, say, getting up in the morning and training, um, yeah. then I definitely say have carbohydrates before that. Can be useful to also have protein, but if you don't, it just makes it more important to have protein after that session yeah. as well, much more. And if you're training, obviously, in the afternoon or the evening, the chances are you've already had kind of some decent hits of protein across the day. Um, and speaking of protein, we know that there's kind of more benefit to spacing that intake out across the day in those kind of medium sized boluses, as opposed to like one or two huge feeds or loads of tiny little ones of like 10 grams. It's much more beneficial yeah. to have like three, four, five feeds of like 25 to even 50, if you're a bigger dude, grams per day of protein to a, get it in across the day. And we know that those space, each time you have a protein feed that big, it does cause a little bit more of a spike in muscle protein synthesis. So that kind of overall balance is always going to be tipped in your favor as well, as opposed to big meal early on with loads of protein, big meal later on with loads of protein. There's a large period of time there where you're not giving your muscles what they need to be built. um, And that muscle protein breakdown is going to be higher and you're going to suffer because of it. So spacing it out is always useful too. Yeah, definitely. That That's a really essential point and something that, you know, when you're trying to gain muscle, you do have to be a little bit more kind of diligent with planning. I think, I think fat loss and, and other ones, if you're just kind of looking to maintain, you can be a bit more flexible. Whereas like you say, these things do matter on a consistent basis, like pr- protein spacing across the day making sure that you're fueling workouts before and after because you need to drive growth you need to drive a stimulus because if you're not overloading in terms of when we talk about training over a period of weeks over a period of months if you're just turning up and doing the same percentages the same weight the same reps then you won't see growth. And again, when we talk about hard gainers, again, that's what someone I say. I say, you see the lads that come in, and how many times have you seen this? When you see the fellow that's on the bench press and he's still pushing 60 kilos, 
in like last year he was still pushing 60 kilos You've been benching in the mirror and I'm again. like yeah I know mate 60 kilos is always for me I always go to that slide <laughs> um, 220s on but, off you go nice and easy no exactly yeah it's, it's easy but that's it isn't it that progressive overload is needed but sorry nutrition wise it's definitely that spacing and it'll be a little bit more dialed in so we've got carbs we've got eating enough we've got training in the correct way we've got resting yeah. enough so or and or not doing as much output not as much cardio so making sure that you don't just add extra extra sessions on adding junk volume in that you don't necessarily need to be doing one that i have um which is probably a little bit more out, outside of the discussion on this podcast is sleep yeah. um you know you need to be able to allow your body to to regenerate to build to grow and sleep is the most essential thing for that so we need to be sleeping enough and obviously that's individual but trying to get at least six and a half to seven and a half eight hours definitely but the quality of sleep trying to build in a nice sleep routine and making it a priority i think that's the key we always focus on when we're muscle building or hard gainers we focus on what we think are priorities which is like protein and training and creatine which it is we'll come on to that but actually these types of things of resting enough and eating protein across the day and sleeping enough carbohydrates these are the things that i think often people that are high gainers yeah or people that are struggling to put on muscle mass definitely, definitely. would you do uh, that we haven't talked about that but i'd do that i'd do that definitely again when we're talking about gaining mass and we're talking about getting the energy in and tipping the scales in that favor as well any opportunity to have a little bit more food works but then with pre-bed feeds with pre-bed protein feeds in particular which is a bit of a tongue twister there um you get the benefit again like i was saying where you space out your protein feeds and you get this long period of the day where you're not necessarily forcing any muscle protein synthesis the longest period that most of us go where there's no stimulus of muscle protein synthesis is when we're asleep because we're not training and we're not eating mm -hmm. and so what pre-bed protein feed can do is also shorten that window a little bit and help with that and pre-bed protein feeds have been shown to improve recovery from training as well which is just one of those I where see. like hey if you can do it happy days um it doesn't have to be a case of let me scoff down my fire and then hit the hay straight away. Um, but an hour or so before bed, having a protein feed again in the range of like 25 plus kind of grams of protein there can massively help. And for me, that is Greek yogurt because it's nice and easy. And I'll sit and have it with my berries and I'll watch some trash on TV and I'll look, it's bedtime, off I go. <laughs> it's good for a bedtime, Love Island, isn't it? It gets you in a routine. Mate, I'm in bed before that. <laughs> having a kid is great for a bedtime. Um, yeah well yeah get into bed but i think they say greek yogurt is good we use uh, uh cottage cheese if people like cottage cheese as well so another option and there's a lot of these i don't know what your opinion is maybe just a real quick one is like these protein cereals that are coming out i get i don't know what i'm t i don't even talk about them that much maybe i will do now but my phone seems to get spammed with bloody with with instagram ads on these protein cereals i think i've only even tried one of them it was all right but i was like it's 24 pounds yeah, for four boxes i'm like I just make up a shake yeah. and have some wheat bix yeah. like and that would be you know. my well is why would you pay so much more for that when you can get a decent tasty meal cheaper yeah and i think it's interesting there's always a little bit yeah. of kind of a debate as well about the type of protein uh, it's so protein yeah. isolate, I think and it i think is. some people can get maybe a bit hung up on types of protein too i know some people would be like mm. oh well i'm not having my pre-bed pre protein feed because it's not casein and i don't have any casein protein realistically that matters it, so little on the grand scheme of things type mm. of protein like it will yeah. matter in some yeah. small cases and it'll be a tiny little percentage of difference but that difference between just having the protein minuscule so just have the protein so if it's from protein cereal and you like protein, protein cereal 
I'm not going to judge you. I mean, I'm, if you're paying 24 quid for a box of cereal, I will judge you, but not because of your protein source, um, because no one should pay 24 yeah. quid for one box of cereal. It's not one box, well, four still, boxes. So six pound a box. Even yeah, six pound a box. Still. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't judge you. No, if you got the dough, fire away. But don't make it sacrifice that then you eat poorly for the rest of the day and your food shop's really bad because you're spending all your money on yeah. protein cereal. Um, anyway, I, I think it kind of leads into a little bit there of, I mean, we think we've answered some of the things like, you know, what to do if you are a hard gainer. You need to ensure that your training is correct, that your, you know, your calories are there. And no, it doesn't need to be a, a massive surplus. You know, like Luke did, you know, calculate your energy output based off your BMI and your training. And then maybe just stick 200, 250, 300 on top of that to gain a little bit of, you know, to give yourself, to give your body the raw materials to grow, to build, to have some energy left over to be able to build muscle but it doesn't need to be six seven eight nine hundred yeah. you know what i mean calories you've just got to do yeah. it consistently and i think a, a really know, important and, thing that you said earlier as well with that is having those markers in the sand to look at where yeah. you're progressing with as well so you can add in that kind of 200 300 calories and then you can four weeks six weeks down the line just assess have i seen a difference if i yep. haven't sweet let's take it up a little yep. bit more um and those yep. ways of doing that then is yeah it's so much easier whereas if you just say oh i'm just gonna look to put on mass and i'm gonna eat a little bit more for an indefinite amount of time you're gonna be much exactly, more likely yeah. to not eat a little bit more that indefinite amount of time will be a lot less than a definite amount of time yeah that is that is absolutely true do you know what <laughs> that's that's me i need to put a line in the sand i'm gonna do it and it, it allows you i say an endpoint. i was saying this to a client if you have that if something then comes up you're more likely to stay on plan or stick to it because you're like oh i've only got two weeks left i've only got three weeks until i review and then i can change things whereas if it's an indefinite period of time you're like ah, it's only this once and that that once then turns into two three four five times so yeah definitely but leading into what we were talking about there protein cereal is tips of getting more intake in because one of the common things I think or if there's any hard gainers listening to this which I'm hoping there are one of the things that they get told is just and as you said getting in 3,000 calories up to three half three and a half thousand calories is challenging to do so mate hit us with a couple of tips that you've got that we can so increase our the, intake. a huge one is increasing meal frequency if you're not already having three meals and three snacks per day then there's room around that to add in um different times of feeds and get that feeling in. and like i said about those pre-workout meals have make them a little bit bigger and then obviously it's all well and good saying that what i like to do in terms of looking at kind of the type of food and how to do that is almost like reverse engineering it where we know that there are a few factors that will make us feel more full and we look at those and we think backwards so we know that if we have to chew the food a lot more if it's tough and chewy we're going to feel more full. So drink your food is a really nice, easy one there. Adding in shakes and throwing some stuff in there that you can drink, take it on, especially when we talked about carbs earlier as well. Drinking your carbs, taking those mm. on um, is so, so fine. Getting a good quality like Malto powder or something like that, really easy way to just get yep. more in or blitzing up a ton of oats in smoothies, that kind of stuff. Oh, it's probably not actually yeah. a good one because another thing that makes us full is fiber. Yeah. <laughs> so working back yeah, to that, definitely. having yeah. less fiber, um, that kind of thing. We know that if food tastes bland, we're going to fill up quicker as well. So having food that you enjoy yeah. 
especially if you're looking to put on mass. Don't be just be choking down the classic bro meal of broccoli, chicken, rice. And chicken and broccoli and rice. You're going to yeah. suffer. Your gut's going to suffer with the it's amount tough. of fiber in there too. Um, so I like to kind of reverse yeah. engineer stuff like that and think, okay, what is going to fill me up? Yeah. Let's do the opposite. 100%, mate. I think you nailed it there. Like mass gainer shakes exist for a reason. You know, we're not saying that you need to do that, but being sensible with liquid nutrition is definitely something the, that you can add in. I like to say, add it as a pre-workout, add it as an in-between your meals option. So you don't always have to then have something solid as a snack. You can sip on, you know, we, we used to do it with uh, some of our athletes to get the amount of calories in that was required. We used to call it a super smoothie and just the 900 calories of a smoothie and it would just be sipped over the day. You know, in between meals, after meals, there's like a bit of a sweet kind of, you know, finish. And all of a sudden, then you're junk, jacking on 100 calories to a meal, 250 calories, 300 calories in between it. So using liquid nutrition, like I say, even blended down, like you said, is going to be uh, is going to be beneficial. And just on the top of that, when you said making food more easier to consume, liquid nutrition, definitely the first point. But even the way, even the types of food. So you said there, the bone meal, chicken, rice and broccoli. We like to be like, well, how easy is it to eat mince? How easy is it to overeat spaghetti bolognese or chili con carne or a burrito, for example? Um, you know, if you if it's already kind of broken down and pre pre kind of you know kind of uh, processed a little bit in terms of like mince or you know like like slow cooked meats where it's like you know shredded, then it's much easier to consume in larger amounts. So yeah, for me, the type of food there, and then even the way that you cook your carbs, so like mashed potato is much easier than eating whole potatoes so you know like little things like this can definitely help we have a whole art article on this on the ph blog which will be on the show notes just linked to it it's definitely an easy thing to to kind of do and then energy density of foods for me berries are great they're really good i love berries but when you're trying to gain weight and you're trying to get your hit trying to hit three and a half thousand calories potentially bananas potentially dried apricots and dates are probably going to be a little bit better as well as a few burnt berries if you wanted to add them in but you know the energy density of food so again higher fat cuts of meat so ribeyes slow cooked meats you know chicken thighs as opposed to chicken breast salmon instead of cod like these types of things you can easily do and just have the same meals that you normally do it's just they're going to provide you with more calories. And now these aren't junk calories that you're just kind of adding in. These are from nutrient-dense whole food sources. However, if you do this consistently, it doesn't mean that you've just got to keep eating all the time. Your same problem, even the same portion size, the same amount of meals. But like Luke said, if they're more frequent and they're more energy-dense, hopefully then that's going to lead you to getting uh, the correct calorie intake. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So yeah, I think we've covered pretty yeah. much everything there. We will touch on one more thing, Liam. I know I don't want to keep you too long, but you mentioned it before and you said we'd come back to it. Creatine. Talk to me about creatine. Yeah, I think supplementation is definitely for muscle building. I definitely think that there's some stuff there really help. Creatine is something I think it yeah. is an easy win for for people. I think it's, you know, it has, it's very it's been for many benefits for so many different things in terms of muscle building in terms of it's an energy source it's a cellular hydrator it helps with power helps with muscle gain so for me it's an easy win i mean it's not so cheap these days yeah, but it's the cheaper than most things so 
the price has, has gone up, but you can still shop around and get some good deals and stuff like that. So, you know, even if you are going to potentially buy like a, a mass gainer or something that has like protein and carbs, then it might have creatine in it. For me, creatine is definitely something that, that, is, an, that is a non-negotiable if you're really struggling to gain, to gain muscle. Other supplementation wise, I think you just got to be looking at treating yeah. any deficiencies for me that would be the the bottom line so get some blood work done look at zinc look at magnesium look at omega-3 balance look at vitamin d address those addressing the deficiencies and bring them up they're probably going to help you rather than chucking in i don't know some root that someone's found in the amazon jungle that supposedly makes you jacked and it's cost you 50 pound a month i think stay clear of that yeah, yeah. omegas i think that is worth kind of hanging on a little bit more as well because there was some research a while back Definitely. that hinted at the possibility of omega-3s amplifying the um adaptations that you get from resistance training as well um i don't know how much more has been built on that but i know there was some research out there and it's one of those where omega-3s are so beneficial for so many other things as well that hey yeah. if it has that effect as well happy days um so i think that's a huge one definitely definitely mate definitely and um, the amount of blood work that i've done there's very few people that have an optimal omega to three to six ratio. So like Luke said, it's definitely something that with the volume of training that you're going to do and the stress that you're putting on your body, like I say, that research is very promising, but it's also there's so many other benefits. So. Awesome. Ace, Liam, thank you very much. I think we'll call it there. If you are a hard gainer listening to this, if you identify as a hard gainer listening to this and you think we haven't necessarily touched on something, uh, then let us know because obviously we'll answer that and we'll get back to you. Hopefully, though, you're going to be flying and you're going to stop labelling yourself as a hard gainer and just as a gainer because you're going to be gaining weight, right? But Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on, man. It's been great. And I'll see you soon. And everyone else, see you soon. Have a great day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 